Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Today, I am so excited to welcome our next special guest, also one of my greatest friend, Derm Herman, to join us today. He is a founder and CEO of a Real Market, an online marketplace that brings efficiency in selling and buying your next home. Derm, as a serious entrepreneur, CEO of Gapato, a full-service marketing firm that have helped over 100 clients from all over the world, helping them to grow and scale their business. He's also the host of Establishing Your Empire show, which is interviewing hundreds of amazing entrepreneurs, business owners, help see their journey of how they become so successful in their own right. With everybody, please join me to welcome Dermed. Thank you so much, friend, for joining us. Welcome to the show. So tell us, how does all the magic begin for you? Oh, the magic began. Oh, I don't know if I'd call it magic, but... Uh, it is my, magical. My career started at the ripe age of 13 years old, making $3 an hour cash underneath the table, being a dishwasher. And I think that hustle mentality has constantly been there for me of, of being able to try to make it myself you know whether it's been when I was 13 years old or now I'm almost 40 um, but yeah I think it was just always coming from a small town working hard growing up with not much and wanting a whole lot mm, wow that's beautiful where does that come from or is it always present in your life um, that's tough I would say you know when now, so I'm a new dad, and I think you start looking at your life differently when that happens. And I think sports was a big thing. So sports and just wanting a whole lot more than mm -hmm. what we had. Um, so when you kind of pair those two, because sports teaches you a lot about uh, just showing up, being there, competition, wanting to win. Um, and then the other side of just not having a whole lot, but kind of pretending that you could have a lot. And then just making that come to fruition. Like in high school, there was no idea that we didn't have a lot of money because I was working throughout high school. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it just was one of those things where the is you visualize it before it happened and it becomes reality eventually. Mm. So tell us about that journey. So you were in a little small town in Kansas. Yep. Wanted more and what happened next? Well, so once one thing that's wonderful when you do start working at a young age, like you instead of like getting out of college and doing a small job, I was already doing those jobs during high school. Mm -hmm. and, and then college, I was working full time. And I luckily met my mentor, which I, I joke with him now that I call him that now, you know, at that time is just your boss, right? And he owned a jewelry store and uh, became the manager very shortly, just small jewelry store, but did a, a ton of revenue and very high end like diamonds. Like our average sale is like $800, so very high end, So which was great because then you end up interacting with these people with a lot of money, which was a different from my upbringing, right? And so after a couple of years, you, you know, and you're in retail, so there's a lot of it's busy and then it's really slow. So when it comes slow, we started like brainstorming ideas and doing this and doing that. I was always really into the web. And this is, this is 2001, 2002, so this is a long time ago. And eBay just started, so we opened a eBay drop-off uh, store. So, like, my thought is I could have these stores everywhere, and we'd sell things on eBay for people. And we actually did pretty well. And um, in fact, 
that was when I was 20 years old. And by the time we were 21, uh, a complimentary retail business bought us. Well, merged, we merged with them. They acquired us. And then um, I fully exited before I uh, graduated college. But that was basically working f- full-time at the jewelry store, working, owning those two businesses and going to school at the same time, which what that did is your prioritization of school was lower. So as opposed to a lot of people uh, come out of college and it was, you know, a prestigious college. Mine was more of a, you know, division two small college, five and a half years to graduate. But I came out of it with a lot of experience with work. Was that intentional? Oh, no, I think I was just always constantly looking for the next thing. And this is what's interesting when you're young and you're just hungry is you didn't look at all the potential like problems or is this the best decision? It mm-hmm. was like if there was one little sliver of opportunity, I like ran and grabbed it. Like I, I would get so excited about it and whether it was the right decision or not, which in hindsight, maybe, maybe not, but like at the end of the day, it gave me the experience of learning how to run a business, learning how to deal with employees that are your own employees. Mm-hmm. Like I fired a manager that was sleeping on my couch because he was going through a divorce and he wasn't showing up to work. And like you ha- dealing with that, you mm-hmm. know, just it's just experience that you can't get mm-hmm. working for somebody else. What is the biggest lesson you learned in that period of time where you just figured out who you are? You saying yes to every opportunity come to your way, and like you said, you stay hungry and you're just there to learn. What is the biggest lesson? I think the business, biggest lesson would be that what's the worst that can happen? Like now that you start having things, you start worrying about like all the what ifs. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to constantly bring yourself back to mm-hmm. like, what's the worst that can happen? You're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, you're really, you know, usually it's somebody else's money, whether it's a bank or investors or whatever. And you, and luckily we were able to always uh, do well on that side of it. But, you know, I think that if you start, if you look into it too, too deeply, you just mm-hmm. won't start. Mm-hmm. So just starting because at the end of the day, there's, it's, it's all, it's all going to be okay. I love that mentality. Jeremy, is that who you always are? Or do you think that's who you become throughout that process? I think it's more who I always was. And I actually think I have to bring myself back to that. Uh, I think that I've actually changed on the flip side now that, you know, things have been well for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, that there's more opportunities now that come mm-hmm. your way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's healthy to to always have a balance, but I feel like sometimes I get out of balance of not you know rushing in. So uh, I I try to actually go back to my original self of maybe just taking anything that comes my way every once in a while. Mm. That's beautiful lessons. Um, so what's next for you? Now oh. you graduate from college, you have all yeah. experiences. What's next? Yeah. So. It, you know, I grew up in Kansas, like you were saying, a small town, and I was a big fish, small town, which I loved. Actually, Hayes, Kansas, was a wonderful town. I still enjoy it, but I was tired of the cold, mm. freezing cold winters. And uh, in 2008 was like one of the 2007 slash 2008 was one of the coldest years in Kansas. Just you know, running into work, running to your car, running to your house, like just for like four months. And I came to Austin, Texas. I had one buddy here in March, and it was just gorgeous. And I just. The energy of the city, just I just fell in love with all of it, um, and the weather. And I, I, I love, I love the heat. So it made just made so many sense on so many levels. And the people here are very similar to Kansas, very easy to get along with. So um, 
I wanted to move and it was a difficult process because I did own two businesses at the time at a house with three tenants, you know, small house, but still. Um, and so I figured it all out. And within five weeks, we, I left with a car load and one friend and slept, no, no job, no nothing. Um, was it easy to walk away from all those success from outside world? So it wasn't what, what, what actually happened was I had an opportunity that I said no to for the first time. It was to open a bar that was just a home run deal. I mean, it was, everything was, I knew the owners of the building and they were going to give us like half rent and all, you know, all these things easy, you know, like you walk into it, no problem. And it was like the first time I said no. And I was like, oh, why am I saying no? And with some, you know, introspective thought, I, I realized I didn't want to attach myself to this small town anymore. Mm. So when that happened, that shifted my brain to sit there and say, okay, I need to leave if this is the case. So um, it was extremely hard to leave because I went from knowing everybody to knowing nobody, like one person. Uh, but it was very exciting. There's nothing more exciting than a new city, um, especially. And at the time, by the way, I'm, I'm like 25, 26 years old. So that's very exciting. Um, moving without a job, I hadn't, since I was 13 years old, I've had a job the whole time. So this, there was two weeks, I, I luckily got something, but that was the longest I ever been without a job since I was 13 years old. So it was very, that was actually more scary to me than anything was, I'm just used to being, always doing something. And that was part of, my job was like part of my identity, right? Um, but I really wanted to go from more of the retail space to the technology space, because I was always kind of a tech geek, build computers when I was like super young and stuff like that. So. Um, I found a company that a really bad job. It was like sales coordinator was the role or something like that. So like I literally didn't want to even go in for the interview, but this recruiter called me and he, he talked it up a little bit. So I looked on their website, terrible website, but they had $50 million in funding. So I was like, all right, we'll see what's going on here. And um, interview goes really well. And I was pretty much going to say, like, this isn't one for me, you know, because I, I was looking for something probably a little bit uh, of a larger role. And then we walked the factory floor and they refurbished computers and they just had all these things there, all these servers, all these computers. And like I said, a terrible website. And I was like, oh, I can do something here. And for me, what I've learned is I like to be able to create an impact. It's fun for me to like, I would take a, a lesser role if I could do more. Um, in fact, I own a marketing company right now and I, we love to work with smaller companies and media types companies because we can actually do stuff for them as opposed to large companies. But anyway, so they were doing about $15,000 a month in online sales. And by the time, um, after about four or five years, I grew to over a million dollars a month in online sales. And we acquired by Aero Electronics, which is a massive company. Um, and I stayed on with them for about two years as their director of e-commerce. But um, that was a really fun growth period of basically breaking everything we could to get it to be and these are you know 150 to 300 dollars machines so selling a million dollars a month is a lot of computers <laughs> wow but you did it we did it you know and i grew a team uh, it was just me to start with and then uh, it was kind of like uh, i was an entrepreneur so basically i had no budget until i got the sales so i had to kind of be the I was the customer service person. I was the person building the website. I was the person making sure the shipping was going out on time mm -hmm. to then as we got more and more sales, I was able to grab more and more employees and hire more people. And, uh, you know, by the time we we're doing a million a month, then it's a full huge team. But uh, it was fun to be able to, to basically um, grow it from nothing to something large. Wow. You must be very proud of yourself there. 
you know, in retrospect, yes, but at the time, like, you know, you get to a million a month, you're like, okay, okay well, now we can do two million a month, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, what I've learned from that is you definitely need to celebrate your uh, successes because I don't think we did. Like, I think yeah. the month that we hit over the million, you know, we sent an email out to the team and stuff. But that was kind of it. There wasn't like some mm. big champagne toast as you think it would be, right? Yeah. Because that was really a goal of ours from for a long period of time, and uh, and now I try to do that more because you only have so many of those in life, and that you should really celebrate them. What does that look like right now? Well, right now, um, I'll jump ahead real quick, but uh, I have a huge thing that I want to celebrate. Because I, I'm creating a startup called The Real Market. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so it's a basically we're trying to disrupt the real estate industry by creating a marketplace that brings your home buyers and sellers together with your real estate agents. And the kind of the key thing, there's going to be a lot of things, but the key thing is real estate agents can set their own price. Mm-hmm. So you know, hey, if they if they want to charge their normal rate, great. If they want to do a discount, great. And we just got our first buyer under contract yesterday. Uh, which is going to get a $12,450 rebate check. Wow. So um, so it's a buyer who received that check, right? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so they're buying the house. And so because the, there's a discounted rate with a top agent, um, by the way, the agent is uh, top three in Central Texas. So it wasn't. we're not talking about a lower-end agent, just uh, so a exciting. way to bring the two together. Um, in a way that is more efficient mm-hmm. on both sides. Um, and yeah, so everybody wins, really. The, the real estate agent wins because they got this great, you know, $800,000 plus uh, deal. And then the, the buyer wins because they get this great $12,000 plus check uh, when they close. And then the seller of that house wins, too, because then they, everybody got brought together. And that's really what we're hoping to do is mm-hmm. uh, to bring everybody together in a more efficient way. Wow. So really, listeners, if you are buying a house, you are selling the house, you are the agent, you are all and above, please do contact Durham's about the exciting opportunity. Absolutely, because we're just, you know, we're we're a startup. So it's I think what's great is what I've learned over the years too is whenever something's starting, you if you if you get in early, you kind of basically can get um, a jump on everyone else too. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Why real estate, Darren? Now we talk about a successful e-commerce business to a full-blown online marketing agency, and why real estate now? So that you know, I I, did, I don't think I knew right away, but. What I've learned kind of thinking back is, one, I love the internet. And real estate has had some advances with the internet, but very few compared to most industries. So we have Zillow who's done, so you could actually see the transparency of mm-hmm. what houses are worth and what's been listed. But really, the the real estate transaction to me um, has a lot of ways to improve it. And then I, and then I start thinking, okay, really why? Um, back when I sold that house in Kansas, in 2007, 2008, I actually had a website and sold it myself without an agent. I had a, uh, I built a website for it and sold it to some guy from Phoenix who never even saw the place. So I was like, oh, you know what? I've actually been doing this internet real estate thing <laughs> forever. I just didn't really realize it. Yeah. Um, and then buying our house, you know, we had a wonderful agent, but we did a lot of the legwork. So I felt like, you know, if that happens, I'm not so sure that that should have got a full rate. I think there's always a value in a real estate agent, a massive value. Sometimes it should be the full 6%. Sometimes mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. And I think somebody should be able to understand what value they're getting out of their agents and what agents, the value they get out of, out of the home buyers and sellers as well. So mm. I love that. 
I think really coming from not only your own experiences and your your own you know process of selling and buying home, but most importantly, you have this this passion to create impact in the industry that really have not been touched for what hundred. Tens, hundreds years. Yeah, the 1950s is when the, the rates was. Yeah, yeah. So it hasn't really been changed. It was funny because these ideas, they, you know, you don't sit outside and just like think of ideas. It's, you know, I think the original idea, which is, um, I'll have a piece on it, is we were at dinner with a buddy of mine, and we started chatting about this. I go, you know what, this is interesting. So I pulled out my phone and hit record, and we, I said, hey, let's just forget that the phone's recording. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep chatting. Yeah. Because then you start coming up with all these ideas, and uh, luckily I was able to record it, and then uh, I like to transcribe that, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of highlight, oh, okay, we actually, there is some cool ideas that we mm-hmm. had. It wasn't just, you know, shooting smoke, but, uh, and then, you know, six months later, here we are. I love that. One of your superpower, Derm, that I always see is you're such a visionary. You are someone that always can see from the spark of idea, see the full picture about how you actually create impact. And I think that is such a gift, not only to you know you and but so hundreds and thousands of customers in the whole world. And that's really kind of you. And I I I would say that it I, that that is definitely a strength of mine. Where the weakness comes in is okay. Now what? So you you have the idea, you have to build the idea. And I think it's really powerful to understand where you do, your shortfalls are, because then that's when you bring in other people to help. Mm. And that's what I've been doing. You know, mm-hmm. I've had you come and help, and I've had uh, my brother's a computer programmer, having him help, how, having other people help, come in board with the areas that I'm not so good at, mm-hmm. and to make the dream become a reality. Right. I love that. I think it's never. I think oftentimes we are so, so. Bother about idea, work on the weaknesses. But today, you know, my humble view is I think it's not about really the how; it's about the who. Because we all naturally have a gift that we all just so wonderful and so naturally good at. And even I can try so hard to be trying to improve my weaknesses, but can never be as good as someone maybe like yourself who are naturally good at that specific skill set. So then, if I can just focus on my gift and bring in that who. So we can create that win-win scenarios. I tell people as Asian, the math I like to do, well, we're good at math. Math I like to do is one plus one equals three. It's when I bring my full cells on the table, when you do the exactly same, now one plus one equals a three. Now synergetically, we create a bigger and greater world for all of us. I love it. Uh, I was just saying before we jumped on, this is why I hang out with you because you're so <laughs> motivational and positive and you, you make me want to take over the world. Life is so short. Why not? <laughs> right. I think we all just come this planet share of gift. And your gift is bring that efficiency to the online marketplace, allow buyers and sellers, allow all of us to buy our next home with the peace of mind. I think that's such a great and amazing gift. And the fact that it's not in my heart, it's in your heart, that means you are the one that meant to drive this vision forward. And therefore, I just felt so honored and grateful to get to uh, share your story on the platform. And it's, and it's powerful to talk to some, some people who have this uh, very optimistic viewpoint. And I am that way as well, but it's really easy to fall into, oh, well, is this a stupid idea? Or, you know, it, it, has this already been done, kind of, you know, or... There's gonna be so much competition. You know, you can keep going on this large list of things, and you just have to constantly put yourself back on track of just, hey, let's just get our our task list done. Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about those things. Let's just continually drive forward. 
And then, like I said, we just had this deal closed yesterday, which was very exciting because that just kind of like reinforces yeah. the thing, you know, uh, yeah. and it's really nice to get some of those. Mm-hmm. And we have another one working uh, as well. So, um, you know, already starting to gain some traction early mm-hmm. on. That's so exciting. And I want to second what you said, Darren, was I really fundamentally believe that it really does not matter what people say, what people think. It does not matter is your competitor out there. Or, of course, those are all matters for us to, as an entrepreneur, to be mindful, knowing what market we walk into, what strategy we are striking to, to make an effort. But big picture, right? 90% of startups fail. If you look at that data, why we even bother? Like, just go find a job then. But when we factor in our dream, our vision, our our heart, our drive, the entire picture shift. And it's always up to us to decide what we want to focus in on. And you're right. It is easier to follow in that track. But if it's, if it's so easy, everyone else will do it. And I really believe that the fact that this is ideas in your heart, you are the chosen one. You are the one that meant to drive this vision forward. It's not going to be me. Even though I heard the idea, I understand the idea, I could probably build the idea, but it will not be me. It just takes that extra ordinary to become extraordinary and that's you i I love it and it it, when you kind of need that passion because when it gets a little bit boring or or hard it's going to be difficult but i one thing i always think about too is like what puts me what decisions that i'm doing now puts me in the better position five years from now Mm -hmm. i'm a big believer of thinking that five years out from now like let's say if you're taking a job Mm -hmm. or you're going to do a career shift or uh some people think about going back to school or whatever it would be doesn't really matter what that action is, is I like to sit there and say, is this mm-hmm. going to put you in a better position five years from now? And typically, if it's like a lateral move, mm-hmm. that isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're just taking it for a 5% increase in pay or whatever. That's how I think, though. Totally great. If that's if that makes you happy to just mm-hmm. do that and, and, and co- that, yeah. that that's all, all you. But for me, I, I, I look at that more than what decisions I'm making for today. Let's talk about that. So are you saying that you are intentionally setting a goal five years ahead? How does that process look for you? So everything is that way. So two years ago, I, I did a podcast because I was pretty sure that it called Establishing Your Empire, which you're a wonderful yes. guest. One of my favorite episodes, by the way. Um, no pressure, but yay. <laughs> at least top 50. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but Ouch, I did the, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I did that because I knew eventually I was going to do a startup and I wanted to be deeply engaged with some venture capitalists, some private equity people. And hey, it's not that much fun to say, hey, let's go get coffee, but it's a wonderful experience to say, can you come on my podcast right, and have a discussion, an hour-long discussion or whatever it is, and you develop a connection. So that was thinking, you know, maybe not five years out, but that was, you know, here we are two years later and I have a startup running. So right now, you know, creating a startup Again, I go back to like, what's the worst could happen? Well, the worst could be happen is I created a startup that uh, fails, but I learned so much that I can do the next one, right? Now, that is not what we're going for. Don't get me wrong at all. But you do have to look, you know, that's an optimistic mindset of saying, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I still can turn this into a positive because I absolutely think, I mean, everything I'm learning right now, because it's all, there's so many new things all the time. I'm learning so much. and. To me, that's one of the exciting things about creating a startup is because mm-hmm. you're doing stuff that hasn't been created, so you have to figure it out on your own or somebody help, helps you figure it out, and that's not, it's not an easy path. This is so exciting. And if we do all the things we already know and learned, then we might just die because that's the only thing certain in our life is we're all going to die. Everything else is all up the air. 
So we might just do something different, I think. But back to you, Durham. Talking about failure, talking about what will be worst thing possible, do you have, what is your biggest fear? Or do you have any? Oh, I think boredom. I think being bored、mm. bored is、uh, something that I've realized is a big fear of mine. And, you know, I'm not talking about like being bored for an hour. I'm talking <laughs> about like doing a life that is not fulfilling、uh. and that I dislike、uh, or look back upon and be, you know, wish I would have done things. I also think to slow down time, you have to create new experiences because otherwise your memories, you know, just meshes together. So,、um, I love that point. Slow down time, we have to create new experiences. Yeah, and it's very true. So, when you start thinking about it, is because when you look back for the last five, six, seven years, what do you remember, right? And、mm-hmm. that, that's usually your new experiences.、Um, but, you know, it's fairly easy. Let's say, so you say you get a job that's really a great job. It's really easy to just coast with that.、Mm-hmm. And for me, I've, I've done that a little bit in my past. I mean, only two years, but still, I, I feel like that, that's my biggest fear is doing something like that again because of、mm-hmm. security reasons or something、mm-hmm. like that. Do you think that you were born an entrepreneur, Durham? Ooh,、um, I think so, just because it has to somewhat be there because I get really, really excited、mm-hmm. about new ideas and、mm-hmm. creating new things and doing it.、Mm-hmm. So I. I suppose so. I do think that you know, it's both nature and nurture.、Mm-hmm. You know, I got really lucky that Eric Wagner, who was the jewelry store owner that I met when I was、uh, 19 or 20 years old,、mm-hmm. 19 years old,、mm-hmm. and was, he owned a lot of companies. So he showed how easy it is to just start something.、Mm-hmm. And we would always constantly be doing stuff. I owned a clone kiosk in the mall. I,、uh, we, we would buy、uh, semi truck loads of returns from Walmart and sell them in parking lot sales. I mean, always something like, you know, always scheming on something and how easy that stuff really was to get、yeah. started.、Um, so that would be kind of the, the nurture part of just understanding that you too can do it. Like,、mm-hmm. it, you don't have to be some special person. You can just.、Mm-hmm. Put a little bit of work into it and do it. How do you define hustle?、Oh, I think I, that's who you are. <laughs> yeah, how do you define it?、Um, and, and by the way, there's a lot of times where I, I, I'm down on myself because I'm not hustling hard enough. So, that, how do I define it? I, I think it, it's、um, creating some goals and constantly moving toward those goals. Yeah. Do you always set in goals? Is it a yearly, pos- yearly ritual or quarterly? How does that for you? So, in a perfect world, I try to always do, be this way,、mm-hmm. but、uh, you know, we're not, definitely not perfect. As you start the year, you set your goals before you start the year. You, start, you set your goals before you start, start the month. I set goals every single day in the morning.、Uh, it's kind of a quick ritual. And I'm not talking about like these massive goals. They're、mm-hmm. usually like, hey, I'll, I'll be happy when this day's over if I do one or two things that I come、mm-hmm. up with.、Mm-hmm. And I, I have that in the morning, and then that is. Because it's really easy to get busy with 18,000、yeah. things. Yeah. So, if I know that it's gonna be kind of a busy day with just like emails or whatever it will be, or discussions or meetings, I might just give myself one goal and、mm-hmm. that might be something very small. But、mm-hmm. then I know that I'm happy when the day's over because I accomplished、mm-hmm. what I set out to do that day. For the yearly goals, my wife and I come up with, we have kind of this whole huge thing of financial, family, Um, uh, career goals, the whole nine yards. And, and those are the bigger goals. Those,、mm-hmm. That takes usually hours to come up with. And we whiteboard it and we、mm-hmm. take photos of it and try to hold each other accountable to those. Wow. So it's like, like a full afternoon session. You all put in categories. It's a goal joint、like, together as a couple. And 
both. So I both. So that. we one at a time. But uh, so like for me, it's usually like a kind of a list. Yeah. My wife is kind of like this uh, brainstorming board with like you know like circles over here and whatever board. would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so very different because that works for her and yeah. that's different for me. I'm a little bit more logical, like X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's also powerful to do that with your significant other because you might learn something that's important to them that you haven't talked about. Mm. So um, I love that. Yeah. Why have your partner not opened the idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, I met Eric. He's definitely opened the idea. He, he, he's the right partner for you. So I, I, I'm sure he'd love it too. Amazing. Um, I'm curious about the daily routine you talk about. So in the morning, you wake up, you drink a coffee, you write down one goal. Is that how it goes? So I, I don't write down. I probably should. Oh, uh, you mind? Just, I just mind. Yeah. So for me, so uh, a shower as soon as I woke up, wake up is uh-huh. like the best way to start a day, and that is where I th- do my thinking. Okay. And so it's it's literally a three minute exercise. Yeah. Like you know what you know what you're doing that day. We're not talking about these yeah. large goals. We're talking about like a tactical goal. I love that. Usually, so you know, for instance, today is is to be a wonderful podcast guest. <laughs> you have achieved it. Check check <laughs> check check. No, actually, I, I had Amazing. a different goal, which was basically just a design thing that I, I need to get done today mm-hmm. um, for for the startup. So, um, working on a specific page that that's mm-hmm. usually what it is. Like, mm-hmm. we need this one done off to somebody who who can code it up. Right? I love uh, that. Yeah, I love that. So for me, I have a very very specific morning routines. I wake up in certain hours, and I let people around me I love to do not talk to me throughout the first two hours of time because I really need to be alone. And I will look at my goals or my visions. I will read it out loud, and I will visualizing it, and I will meditate, and I will journal. Sometimes the order is not always the same. And I'll take a walk with my dog, and all that. And now I can talk to human beings. Now I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm alive. Now bring on the world. You must be like me. I'm not. I know myself. I'm not the best in the morning. So like, I'm for so not. For instance, I have kind of a rule that I don't do meetings before ten in the morning, oh, if I love possible. That. Uh, and now you have a booking link that doesn't allow you to do it before 10. Um, also, my marketing company has a lot of freelancers overseas. So a lot uh-huh. of times I want to make sure that anything mm-hmm. that they, any questions they have before they're like done for their day that I get to. Yeah. So there's a, it's a twofold approach. But typically, I just know that I'm not going to be the best in the morning mm-hmm. unless like I prep for it and, and yeah. you know, wake up earlier (laughs) to make sure. And plus, I do have a a son who turns one today, actually. (gasps) Today is his birthday. Happy birthday! (laughs) Hugo the boss. Hugo the boss, that's right. So it's his one-year-old birthday today. But, like, and also he's, you know, I got to get him ready for for daycare. So there's a little bit of that, too, now. But even before him, that's how I did it. It's amazing. I love how intentional you are, Darren. Well, I also just know that, like, if I'm going to get my best self, it's not going to be at, at 7.30 in the morning, so. Yeah. I think the as entrepreneur, the more we are in the process of, you know, creating things we truly passionate and truly love, it's really important to be intentional about how we show up every single day and make sure that we know what is the best, right? Some people might not, maybe a night owl. Some I am not. Some people are more, uh, you know, different kind of, you know, preferences, that self-awareness truly are set us apart, I think. I think so, too. One thing that I've learned, like, the more I get around very successful people is you don't need a thousand great ideas every year, every mm-hmm. day. Is You just need, like, one or two every year. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you make a one or two great decisions mm-hmm. during that year, that is a great – that's a good year because that's usually going to be, you know, buying the right house mm-hmm. or taking the right job or making, you know, whatever decision it might be, relationship, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, and that's really 
Mm-hmm. And if you put yourself in a position to make that good decision, mm-hmm. if you get too busy, busy you're not mm-hmm. going to spend time enough time uh, mm-hmm. to do that. And that is something, you know, with my younger self, I was just so busy that sometimes I might not have spent time to make a decision. Now yeah. I'm a little bit slower on it. Um, and again, I think if there's a balance, I might be too slow now, but um, I think it's important to make sure that you're clear, uh, clear-headed to make a good decision. Mm-hmm. I love that. Decision is one of the bigger chapter at the book, uh, Grow and Think, Think and Grow Rich, which yeah. is, I think is fascinating. And I love what you said about incrementally, a one thing is not just a thousand billion things. And I really believe that it's a compounding, adding one day after another, contribute to a quote-unquote transformation or a huge major success that we are seeing. And I want to share one stack that I recently learned. According to James Carrier, a very, very successful serious entrepreneurs who looking at all the big technology companies in the last three decades, think about Google, Airbnb, um, Netflix, I think a big company we all know and loved. You know, what his research found that among all the success, only 4% of the value or success was created between year zero to year 10. And 96% of them were created after year 10. So comment about what you just said, is that incrementally, that one thing, that one decision today and this month and this year, but we move in the noodle, knowing the needle to a decade later, and that's where transformation really happened. It's hard to have that patience of knowing that it'll happen, um, but I think it's powerful to be able to do your best to try to see the future happening because mm-hmm. it's not going to be clear. It's not clear for anyone uh, that the future is going to turn out the way you want it to be, but you've got to at least give it a shot. Yeah, got to allow yourself the the opportunity, the chance for that to happen, those incremental changes to last 10, 15, 20 years it might take. Yeah, well, we all, we might just die. We might gonna die. We're all gonna, for sure, gonna die. We might just give it a shot anyway. Yeah, right, I mean, sure. I know I'm gonna live, crossing a finger, at least another 10 years. So I might just try it. <laughs> I love it. Nothing to lose. What drives you, Darren, today that you have accomplished so many amazing things from one venture to another, now real market, what really drives you? I don't, you know, that's a, that's an interesting question. Is you know, a lot of these that you have to kind of introspectively look at yourself because I don't really know. But what I would say, what I get excited about, yeah, is I think interesting people. I love to be around people like you that are super interesting and exciting and doing <laughs> things that I'm not doing. I, I love that. That's also why I love uh, having a podcast because you get around these people. And then I. I don't know how to describe it, but I really do want to have some kind of importance in life. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether that is, and I think I drive a lot of that uh, importance through what I do work-wise. Mm-hmm. Just that's who I've always kind of been myself. So I, I do want to create impacts, I, mm-hmm. you know, in some way, shape, or form. So I think, you know, being interested in a lot of things, being around interesting people, um, learning. I love learning. I actually, yeah. sometimes I have to catch myself because I'm like, I get down rat holes and try <laughs> to learn too much. It's like, hey, look, there's experts that already know this. This is going to take you way too long to figure out. I think all that kind of combined, um, yeah. it's, it may be just new experiences that are, that, are, that are exciting. I don't know. I love that. What do you think, in your opinion, is your superpower? You know, I would say if I'm at a pitch competition, I'd be like, oh, because I, you know, I've scaled things before. I've, I've built things from the ground up. And and by the way, with our marketing company, we've had some uh, some success stories. I have like a 
online store that we grew from zero to $2 million a month and stuff like that. That's what I'd probably give as my like pitch. But my superpower, I think, is to like other friends and family and just people who like uh, reach out to me is I'm very, I'm great at pushing somebody over the ledge. If they're thinking about leaving their job and starting something themselves, if they're, um, you know, scared of asking for a raise, like all those things, I'm really good at saying like, let's do it, you know, and let's go out and make it happen. And I love those conversations. So I always tell, you know, I, I have a buddy that was just like, uh, talking to me the other day, he's thinking about starting this um, organization that with dads and all this. And he's like, is this stupid at all? You know, I'm like, no, let's go, let's do it. Let's, let's hire a designer right now. Let's get the logo going. Cause it'll make it feel real. And then you'll get excited about it. And then let's talk to five other people next week. And so I think that's definitely what I get my superpower. Probably. Yeah. I love that. You are a born leader. You see the gift in others. You believe in others and you make it happen. Much better put, much shorter put. <laughs> no, it's brilliant and it's wonderful. And then therefore, I just feel like, you know, you and Christine, one of the people that I really treasure because you are just so brilliant in your own right, but yet so humble and so just so down to earth and so just intentional. I love that about you all. So with that, you know, I'm wondering, Durham, what would you give? Is your advice or your insight you were sure or you wish you know when you were younger? You know, that's an interesting question because I don't think I wish I knew anything because it would mess it all up, right? But <laughs> I definitely would say that, look, you're going to work hard whatever you do. Let's make sure that it's an important thing that you're doing or something that's worthwhile because there was probably some things that I worked really hard on that wasn't that important, that didn't didn't amount to much besides just like a paycheck or something. So you're going to, you know, you, I, I just wish I knew that my energy should be spent probably on the most impactful way, the mm -hmm. most, as opposed to just spending energy on, on, on whatever it would be. But, um, at the end of the day, you also sit there and say, like, if you knew some of these things then your then your path might be completely different. So, um, I probably wouldn't want to know anything else that I, that I didn't know. So for our fellow entrepreneurs who are listening and so intrigued by your experience and wondering how he, he or she can do exactly the same, maybe he or she on this process had this amazing idea or in the early journey to think about how can I spend the energy to the part that really could be most impactful. How do they discern what is most impactful, what is not? Uh, it's the people that you're going to be working with. Like if you're working around people that you – aren't looking up to that you aren't excited about mm. that aren't doing things that you wish you were doing mm -hmm. then you're then you're in the wrong spot and that's the you know i love that and if they're the, the woe is me type of people <laughs> you're really not going to be they're not gaining much from it yeah um, and hey look I, we all I, I like i said i grew up poor so i understand sometimes you just have to pay the bills but there's a ton of jobs out there for people who want to work so um and that are excited to work i mean mm -hmm. Heck, if you're just excited at a uh, at a, a fast food restaurant, which I've worked in plenty, they'll pay you more. Trust me. Mm. <laughs> just showing up uh, 15 minutes early and having a smile on your face, you'll you'll, you'll become assistant manager or manager pretty darn quick. Mm. One thing I love about your darkness, you are you have this can-do attitude. It's like nothing you cannot figure it out, and that amazing attitude, along with a visionary that drive that that spark to see something from nothing. I truly believe that is what made you so special today. 
well, I really appreciate it, stuff like that. You know, it's really kind to hear. And it, it's nice to hear that stuff because, and I think we have to do that more often with each other, with their significant other, you know, to really take a step back and, and realize some of these magical people that are around you, that how, how they affect your life. And that's why I'm really happy to be here and that you're doing stuff like this, like this podcast. Well, thank you and thank you, Derm. Likewise, I am so honored, so grateful to finally have you in my podcast to share your story. And I'm just so grateful. And wow, what an amazing journey. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. I enjoy it so, so much. I hope you are too. And I cannot wait to see you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.